12 minutes. 12 minutes after 7. Let's get into our conversation. I'm going to introduce you to our guests in no particular order. We do have on the line Paul Zimman, the author of Life Coach. Or he's the author. He's a life coach and he's a mental wellness advocate. My goodness, interesting titles there. Paul Zimande, good evening to you. Welcome and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Naye. Um, I'm truly grateful, privileged to be part of this conversation. Thank you very much. We do have in the studio, and as you know, I always love it when our guests come to visit us in the studio. And we do have Bishop Joshua Maponga. Personally, I want to put it out there. Um, though we are friends, he and I, but when we come on the platform like this, <laughs> we are not friends. <laughs> We are not friends, so I want you to understand he is not fighting with me. I am not fighting with him. We are just engaging. Bishop, good evening to you. Welcome and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Thank you. It's been a few months, but uh, nice to have you again. On we are very generous of you. It's been a quite a long time. <laughs> quite a long time. Yeah. But I'm grateful that you came to visit me. I was hoping that you You're lucky come. I was in town, so I just indeed, said, let me pop in. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah, hopefully next time when you visit, bring my lady wrong man. Come on. I, I like seeing you guys together. It, it does, does something for me. Okay. For me. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, let's get on to our conversation. First and foremost, let's begin with you, Paul. Um, what do godly men expect from women? Eh? Mm, no, thank you. Firstly, I'd like to greet the bishop. Uh, greetings, Bishop uh, Maponga. Because we are privileged to share this platform with you again, sir. Thank you. Uh, now, I, mm. I would venture to say the, re the expectation of a man from a woman should be what she was created for in the first place. And uh, if we look at scripture right at the beginning of Genesis in that book, she was created as a helper to the man. Now, I want to just qualify that so that we clear it from common misconception. Mm, I've been taught that that word there, that helper, is the same word that is used for the Holy Spirit. It's also the same word that is used by the prophet Samuel when he says, thus far has the Lord helped us. So it's not a helper as in an inferior servant uh, who should serve from an inferior basis, but rather a partner in purpose who adds value uh, to the partnership, as it were. So I think I'll just, as my opening remark, stand there. There is a purpose for a man, there is a purpose for a woman, and the purpose for the woman in creation was to help the man in his pursuit of his assignment by God. Which is what? Well, God, I'm going to move from the premise that God had um, earth, and then he built Eden as a prototype of what was then to spread throughout the earth. And woman was then to help the man whose job was to cultivate the land. He was supposed to make it fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue the earth, and dominate. In other words, take what was in Eden and spread Eden so that the whole earth is full of Eden, as it were. So... Eve was meant to be an agriculturalist. Well, um, Adam's primary occupation, um, well, he was executing agriculture, but his mandate was dominion. 
And if we look at what that mandate was, it is clearly spelled out here to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and that. And so it was threefold. So he was to lord over all creation, not just uh, the vegetation. So she was so, supposed so, to be a zoologist. She was supposed to be a marine biologist. She was supposed to be a botanist and an agriculturalist. I, I would venture that it's a little bit more spiritual than that. Where do you get um, the spiritual part? I just, <laughs> I just heard you say she was supposed to be helping him in what he was doing. And I asked you what he was doing. And you mentioned these four. Agriculture, marine biology, zoology, and botany. What am I missing? Where's the spiritual well, part there? Well, I would propose that he's, this is God speaking to a man and telling him to have dominion. Now, if you think about it, you don't stand here and, and dominate the birds of the air purely by natural means. I, I think that would be narrowing it down a little bit. I think if we brought in... I need you to just po- po- pinpoint exactly what men are supposed to expect there. Because uh, it, it's going to be very detailed as we continue with our conversation. So I need you to put your definition that you're going to stand by throughout our conversation. What exactly is she supposed to be? What can man really, honestly, genuinely expect from women? A purpose partner. I'm going to simplify it that way. A purpose partner. Where do you get that from? Um, I, 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 I'm struggling because I thought I'd explained it to say I'm taking it from Scripture. This man, so the Bible says... Um, the Lord wanted to give him a partner suitable to him. Yes. In other words, suitable to his mission, suitable to his assignment, suitable to his purpose. I asked you what those are, and you gave me four. When I confirmed them, you were not comfortable with them. Look, the overarching, um, the overarching mission is dominion. Let's not generalize so it, Paul. Let's be very specific. No, no, no. The Lord blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue the earth, and have dominion, right? That's 28. But in 26, um, they were created precisely so that they would be ambassadors of God on earth. I'm struggling a little bit because you're asking me what I thought I'd explained. Evidently, you did not there, Paul. That's why I'm giving you the opportunity to explain it. When we're talking about men... Right now, mm. there are men who have expectations whereupon you'll fear, you'll hear some women saying these expectations are too much. We need to root our expectations on scripture if we're scriptural. If we're basing it on our own feeling, let's just say so. But we need to understand I, for the purpose of this conversation, what are the parameters that are set out by your scriptures? The, the, and I'm just saying right at the beginning. Here's a man, he's in Eden, he has a job to do, and he has a mandate to execute. And he has to find a partner who is suitable for him in the execution of this mandate. That, that is as, as much as I can simplify it, unless I'm not sure how else to explain it. All right. But he All is right. here. No, he right. if, if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. If you're comfortable with that response, we'll, we'll, we'll hold on to that. We'll ask you based sure. on what. This um, is what he must do. And he's given a helper for him to do what he must do. And what he must do is spelled out in 126 and 128. 
yeah, which, which doesn't really give us much. Bishop, um, your your take. What what do godly men expect from women? It's a beautiful question. And I can see today you want to lock me into the into the biblical text, which is uh, I, I feel violated actually <laughs> because uh, the expectations that men have have to have a background, okay. and uh, we cannot assume that everyone out there would be considering this as um, the basis the basis of fair enough. and since we're talking on an, on a national station fair enough allow me to come from far then i'll zoom into the bible that's all right that uh, there could be three main schools of thought that we want to apply our minds to firstly mm-hmm. will become the biblical school of thought right what does the bible teach and what based on what the bible teaches then people can have expectations mm-hmm. of what comes out of that secondly you might have the the political space and the legislative framework governance structures which also when you say you are a man or you are married or whatever mm-hmm. in the constitution what right, is deemed right. and defined as a right, man right. and as such i'm a south african and i'm a male south african it already comes with expectations you know that kind of thing and i mean israeli for example mm-hmm. it already comes with you must go for military training <laughs> yeah. to go and join the army kind yeah. of thing if yeah. i'm closer that's right they are but parameters of mm-hmm. expectation and ultimately it could be the what i might want to term the cultural expectation which uh, then comes through the schools of uh, and rites of passages now the african man finds himself uh, confronted with these three uh, schools these three institutions mm. that are looking at them as such their marriages are even defined as such mm. that when you are getting married an african person gets married three times he has to firstly do the cultural thing greet the the parents yeah, after yeah. greeting the parents yeah. you must handle the legislative stuff sign the papers yeah. and then must go to the pastor and say i do yeah yeah <laughs> you know, and and with within that each one of those institutions come with expectations yes. which they pour upon the african person yes. so by the time you actually talk about the bible sometimes what the bible expects and what the legal stuff expects and what the culture expect yes. expects some, sometimes you find co- co- areas of congruence yes and often sometimes areas of uh, you know you know yeah. repulsion and, and 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 war but in the bible if i'm supposed to be very trivial if i go to the bible i'll be very trivial so that i keep it light sure. uh, firstly uh, man expects a woman to be beautiful okay simple and i would give you my my top my top four uh, beauty pigeons in the bible yes. that would be number 1 uh, i will not go very far I'll give you sarah herself okay and uh, abraham ended up trading his wife because she was too too, too beautiful and the other guy could <laughs> not harsh, could, that's a harsh way of putting it no he's, a, he's the only man in the whole bible who ate lobola from his own wife <laughs> He, he rented out his wife and ended up charging the guy Lobola. Okay, and then, hold that thought, hold that thought. <laughs> he took me off guard. Let me take a break. <laughs> Let me take a break. We'll come back and then we'll come back from the break. Uh, we'll just chew on that part. He didn't trade her, man. I, <laughs> take a break, Phineas. <laughs> okay, so I'm usually the one who throws those kinds of punches. I didn't expect uh, <laughs> the bishop to throw that one. Actually, uh, let's just put the story out there. Um, Abraham um, travels to Egypt and he travels to Egypt with his beautiful, beautiful wife. Stunning. Yes, he's gorgeous, drop dead. And then he, on the way to Egypt, he fears, oh my goodness, the Pharaoh there is going to look at my wife one glance and want to take her. And because she's married, he's going to kill me. In order for the Pharaoh not to kill me, 
please, Saraman, just just remember the part that uh, you are my sister, because that's what she was. She was a sister, cousin, well, family member, sister, quite literally. Just tell him that part. Don't tell him the part about us being married. And that's what happened. Uh, when they arrived there, the king saw that she was beautiful, elderly as she was, but she was beautiful in her old age, and he wanted to marry her, and he did. And he did what the bishop is saying, paying Lawola. <laughs> and uh, that, that's where, that's how he amassed his wealth, by the way. So it's, it's illegal. It's illegal for a Christian man to get married to an ugly woman. <laughs> because we, we, no, no, no. If you say you are, you are being biblical, yes. Then in, and you are saying Father Abraham, yes. And you believe in the faith of Abraham. Then how do you take the faith of Abraham and that don't take? That was not a standard. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. How do you take the faith of Abraham? Yeah. And not take the beauty of his wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Being, I hear being you. in the same bag, you know. Yeah, you. So I hear you, but Sarah takes the Sarah takes the trophy. Yes. Rebecca. Yes. You can also find that in Genesis. That's right. Beautiful. Isaac's wife. Isaac's wife. Right. Stunning kind of yes. stuff. And, and, and Rebecca also is mentioned beauty. And yes. Esther. So you actually have about five, yes. six, seven women whom the Bible will actually stop yes. to mention their form yes. and stature and beauty. But that falls far short of calling that a standard. Surely that cannot be a standard. The Bible doesn't I, I, say I, it's a standard. I gave a trivia. I said I'll be trivial. Okay. I said I'll okay. be trivial. All right. So that All right. is, because sometimes yeah. we may want to undermine this, these elements. Yeah. Yet when it comes to selection, yeah. psychologically, Absolutely. these these small pins, they pay the role. Let's be honest. We are, yes. we are men here. And yes. if it's a men's show, let's yes. be honest. Yeah. Boom. 5, 10, 15 women appear. You don't know their names, don't know anything. The first thing that you, you will look at before you can engage and talk about all the virtues of beauty of the mind of the spirit and okay. what first thing what do you see okay so that's the first one that's the be cosmetic one? so beauty is number one number two right. uh, according to the bible proverbs 31 okay we need industrious women wow this whole thing of we men must provide is against proverbs 31 because proverbs 31 says here's the woman who wakes up early yeah she goes to work she buys fields she trades she buys stuff and she and the husband sits at the gate yeah. and is respected. Yeah. So if, if people really wanted to look at this thing constructively, yeah. the woman of the woman of Eve and the woman of Proverbs 31, uh, the, 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 the one who is a helpmate and the one who has actually become the master of her art yeah. to make her husband a king. The, the passage actually changes that women stop expecting anything from Again, men. Again, there's an example that is very hyperbolized there, Bishop, because the, 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 the Proverbs 31 woman is a very, it's a superlative woman that is expected to be a wife of a king. Mm. Not all of us are, are kings. There it is Lemuel's mother who says, this is how you're supposed to choose a wife. This is what she's supposed to be. A standard, even Lemuel himself, because the Jews call him Lemuel uh, mm. Solomon. He never acquired that wife. He never had, never got that wife. It was a standard that even he never reached. When, Why would when you, you talk about expectations, you're, you're talking about ideals. Okay. So maybe from our from our conceptual, even, even though it's not realistic, from our yeah, okay, yeah okay. from our conceptualizing of the biblical text, yeah. let's keep it there okay. that we may not reach. All right. Uh, verse verse twenty. Standard. We may not reach verse twenty-five. Yeah. Or verse twenty-six of Proverbs thirty-one. Okay. But hell no. You can try verse 1 and verse 2 okay. and verse 3 at least. Okay. There is a, some leverage of All some right. sort. All right. So number 2, we'll expect, according to the, the biblical text, to be industrious. Beauty is number 1. Yeah. And being industrious is number is, is number 2. Okay. Uh, number 3, this one will, will throw many women off. It's supposed to be pro, supposed to be productive. Okay. Women are supposed to produce children. Oh, okay. Okay. Throughout the whole text, yeah. it's, it's a fundamental duty. Yeah. So the whole issue of contraception, people, you know, swallowing 
kids in their tummies. And you're basing and, that on what? That it's a must. That it's a standard. What you're are you saying expectation. I'm not putting it as a must. Okay. We, we are talking as men here. Okay. So what do you expect? Okay. You expect another Nile Pondoni Jr. Okay. And that is that is not debated. Okay. That is that is given. Okay. So it's an expectation. We may not speak about it. Okay. We may understand the health limitations. Yeah. We may understand other complications. But in the back of every man's mind, yeah. he would want to see himself uh, a few years later after he's gone. So okay. I've given you the first three. Okay. I can pack there. I no, will give you another give, four or five. No, give, give me some more. Give me some more. Okay. So we've gone on uh, We've gone on, um, uh, on, on beauty. Yes. We've gone on she being in, industrious. industrious and, and she must be, uh, rep she must reproduce. She must me. reproduce. Number four. Yeah. I will pick up um, this woman, the wife of this uh, silly guy whom David wanted to get some food from. And this one says, yes. my husband. Belal. Belal. Is it, is it Belal? Yeah, something like Abigail. that. Abigail. No, Abigail was the wife. Yes. The, the, the foolish man. I want to pick up an element on Abigail. Yeah, okay. A wife must protect the husband's foolishness. But she didn't, eh? Uh, hold on. We, we are talk you, know, you know the ending of the story. Okay. But just <laughs> okay. the part I want to encapsulate is when David says, I'm going to kill that bugger. Okay. He has not treated me right. Yeah. Abigail stands up to say, please forgive. Yeah. Forgive my guy. I know yeah. the story, when you look at it further, yes. it, 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 it changes its, its, its face. But yes. every woman must put on a long skirt. When she sits down, she must cover her legs. And I'm saying the figure of speech. Okay. That close up yeah. the foolishness of your own home. You don't walk around Whoa. with your legs wide open to be sharing with the rest of the world what Whoa. is going wrong in your own home. Like an Abigail, Whoa. protect the, 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 the smallness of your husband. Protect yeah. the, 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 the foolishness of you. And by the way, it's not the foolishness of your husband. Okay. You are the one who chose him. Ooh. Because a thousand men wanted you, but you did not want to reproduce them. But when this one came, yeah. you said, this one is mine. So you're not protecting him. Okay. You're protecting your choice. Got it. Got it. All right. Hold it right there. My goodness. Okay. 30 minutes after seven. Okay. All right. Um, let's open the lines. Let's, let's invite everyone to join the conversation. You have your own questions to our guests. This is your opportunity to do so. Call in. If you want to call in, please call us on the number 086-000-2032. If you want to send a text message, you can send it to our WhatsApp line. We'd love to hear your voice notes as well. Our WhatsApp line is 0614-104-107-0614-104-107. I'd love to hear what you have to say. As a man, as quote-unquote a God-fearing man, it really doesn't matter which God you believe in, as long as you base it in something. If you believe in Allah, please tell us. If you base it on Mvelinange, please tell us where you got it from as you're listening to me engaging my guests to tell us where they get their predicate for all the things that they are claiming ought to be what is demanded of women. I'll give you, I'll give you one more while they're coming. Go ahead, go ahead. Women expect that, men expect that mm -hmm. when women bath, yeah. they must close the doors. Oh, like Bathsheba. Close the doors. <laughs> okay. Don't tempt us. Oh, Just close yeah. the door when, when you get that from. Oh, the story yeah. of David and Bathsheba. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Can I come in? By the way, I wrote a book entitled Women in the Kitchen. Yeah. So I picked up 52 women. Someone who might want to have a copy of that one. All right. Yeah. All right. All can right. I, can, I, can I come I'll in? I'll give you a just chance a to come in, Paul. Way. Just hold on there. I want to, I want to take a call, um, and then we'll, we'll come back and give you the opportunity to, to, to jump, jump sure. in. Colin is in Cape Town. Good evening, Colin. Um, Naya, good evening. Hi, Paul. And good evening to your guest. Yes, Colin. Do you know, mm. men, men expect from women, they expect everything of the best. 
But what in return do women get from the men? We discussed that last the other two weeks there, uh, Colin. We discussed yeah, what yeah, women should I'm come, expect. I'm coming to the story now. Okay. Um, you know, um, your guest talks about the biblical times, about the beauty and and uh, the kings and the queens and you know, taking wives and things like that. You know what I mean? Mm. But they must forget about those days. Okay. Jesus came to this earth to make everybody equal. Okay. It reminds me of a story. Um, Trini Lopez sang a song. If you want me, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, don't take a pretty woman your wife. Yes. Oh, now, you see, men, you know, uh, men, uh, I've seen men walk into uh, a boardroom and the woman's eyes turn and things like that. Men expect, they think they are machos. And you know something, we must get away from that Bible oh. that, that people had the best woman, the kings had, they chose the best. We live today in modern life. Why would we you quote Jesus then if you want to go to get away from the Bible there, Colin? By the way, it was Dr. Victor who said if you want to have a happy marriage, no, get man, an ugly so. wife. That was Dr. Victor. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Victor, that's right. That's Dr. right, that's right. And you know something? And you know something? Um, I never married an ugly wife. But she wasn't a beauty that every man, when I went to a restaurant, looked and turned at her. And I was married for 48 years, five <sighs> months and 14 days. Congratulations to you. Yeah. Thank you very much to you, Colin. Thank you very much, Colin. Yeah. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Appreciate your call. Uh, Paul, you wanted to jump in. Go ahead. Yes. I wanted to say, I think beauty, beauty is an interesting phenomenon. I think... Um, People are naturally drawn towards that. But I would be cautious if I laid that as God's standard, precisely because in Proverbs 31, it says, the very proverb that we're talking about, it says, beauty is fleeting, charm is deceptive. Mm. And then it says, a woman who fears the Lord mm. is to be honored. So it seems to place her fear of the Lord is more important. Yeah. Now, if we, if we take that a step further, and there is also the other warning from James to say, have no love for the world, for in the world is only three things. And he mentions these traps. He says it's lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm. So that's why you choose a wife by saying, she looks pretty to my eyes. Number two, she is attractive to my senses. But three, if I walk around with her and I say, mm. everybody will compliment me. Mm. And, if, and James says, that is dangerous. That is a trap. So, so, so why beauty is a good to have? And, and, and really, beauty is a beautiful thing. But I, I would prize God's purpose above beauty. Let's look, for example, at Leah. And we spoke about Abraham. Yeah, incidentally, that other thing about Lobola, um, God intervened there, but 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 that's not the focus of today. My my thing is to say, yeah, the, he Leia, didn't return the lobola though. His interventions was only to return the wife, not the lobola. <laughs> in fact, look at the stage at which God intervened. It could not be consummated that marriage. 
because yeah. God had a purpose for that marriage. Yes. So he intervened and exerted his authority to say, my purpose and plan yeah. is more important than the convenience of right. Abraham. Right, right. So, so, so God's purpose, again, overrides man's frailty mm. and weakness in that instance. Yeah. Now, I think Leah uh, was not the prettiest, the Bible tells us. No, the, the, the Bible doesn't say, say no such thing. It simply says she has a lazy eye. about her eyes. Yeah, that, yes. that, it says nothing if about the beauty. To finish, no, 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 no. So that, that statement is very, very, very wrong. There's no way you can... Can, have, I, can, can I complete my sentence? Uh, Paul, you can cannot I make that statement. complete my statement? Paul? You cannot make a statement that is false. Uh, we, we cannot allow that. I need to that. complete my statement so you Paul? get what I'm saying. I made a clear. I said she was not the prettiest. There was Paul? something about her eyes. Paul, there yes, is sir. no way you can make that statement complete or incomplete. There is no way you can draw a conclusion that says when you, based on there was something about her eyes. It actually says she had a lazy eye. It doesn't say anything about her beauty. That statement is okay. downright she wrong. Not, her looks were not perfect. Can we say that? Where but do you get that from you. there, Paul? Read the text. But it Read says it. there was something about her eyes. What about her eyes? Okay, Naya, I'll tell you what I'll do. Because I want to continue with the rest of this conversation and focus on the part that really matters. So let me grant you that point. For argument's sake, I was wrong. Right now, let's continue. Now, here, here this is where I'm going. Naya... Ended up being the one who gave birth to Judah. And we know that God's purpose was fulfilled through Judah. And yet she was not even as beautiful or as favored, rather. Just, just so I stay away from your, <laughs> your argument. She was not as favored as the other sister. You see what I'm saying? So God's purpose, again, trumped men's frailty. Jacob had chosen in a particular sense but God's purpose was going to be fulfilled through the woman that she had not even prepared. So it is not just about men's preference. It's about God's purpose. So I keep standing on this uh, point that God's purpose should trump our preferences. I, 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 that really is just my, the point I'm trying to make. All right. Paul, I, I, I do want us to be very clear. Um, when when we, <laughs> we are engaging here, we need to be as true to the text as possible. You cannot yes. make your conclusions what the Bible says. The Bible says nothing about her beauty. That mm. ministerial theologians have drawn a conclusion that she was not very pretty is their folly. You will not find any interpretation or translation of the Bible that says she was ugly or not pretty at all. Nay, you are going to uh, camp on that point. And I've said for argument's sake. No, I'm not saying, I'm not interested in argument's sake. I'm interested in the integrity of this show. On this show, um, we try to be factual, and I don't, I'm not expecting you to grant anything. I need you to be honest and true to the text. You don't find anywhere in the text where it says Leah was not pretty. That is you adding your stuff, and you need to accept that you have added something that is not true. Don't grant anything. Just be true to the text. Going forward, let's be honest and true to the text. I want to bring in now uh, more calls. Do you want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say from where I stand, when we look at no no we're going to miss the point i think let's focus on the main point of the show i i agree but i wanted i want to just maybe interject i agree there. with you right. i want to i want to throw something nice there because it gets getting warmed up here okay go ahead we, we must also be careful in the midst of us looking for spiritual elements to undermine even the physical aesthetics it almost it almost sits on the border that an ugly woman is a good character <laughs> 
and and a beautiful woman. She's a temple. What is an ugly woman, Bishop? Uh, what is an ugly woman? Something that does not appeal to me. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. If I don't find it beautiful, and we are using that word because they're in English, even in Asasintu in Udumuntu Mobi, it's it's subjective. It's it's it's, it's, to Bishop. I, I mean, respectfully. It's not a subject. It's not objective. It's subjective, because it depends on who is looking at it. Yes. So it's. I, I'm, but I'm. I'm saying while we are while we are extrapolating on the beauty of uh, spiritual gifts, let, let's also not run away that it's nice also to see a beautiful person in body and a beautiful person in character. And it is true also that you can have an ugly person in body. And an ugly person in character. You know, you know, Bishop. What I what I liked about uh, what Paul was saying. Well, the first part of what he said. He said um, the Bible esteems inner beauty more than external yeah. beauty. That's what's correct. That was correct. Exactly. Yeah. And I I wanted to park there because mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, indeed, when you read throughout the text, you realize chapter by chapter, book by book, the inner part is esteemed much higher. Actually, to make it to make it nicer for you, you and Paul, it is when you read through the throughout the text. We don't find as many cosmetic passages where women are doing cosmetics as we find them developing the furniture of the spirit. That's right. <laughs> so That's the, right. the text is more interested in the inward building Indeed. rather than the external Absolutely. veneer. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I got that. I'm going to hold on to that from what Paul said. I want to take a call. But before we go to the call, I want to take a break and come back. When we come back, I'll see you. Um, uh, Mudise, I can see you from Meadowlands. Meadowlands. Uh, Muluku from Pulugane, I can see you. I'll take your call as well. And I'll take your text messages. Those of you who sent text messages, I'll play, I'll play your voice notes as well. I can see your voice notes as well. Not to worry. But so I want you to be ready for me as soon as we come back from the break. Stand by. Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You're still listening in Defact of Faith. I'm Nayelu Ponora with you until 9 o'clock and we're engaged in a conversation with two of my guests, Bishop Joshua Maponga has given us some perspective. Paul and Zamanda also given us some perspective. Both of them trying to give us an answer to the question, what do godly men expect from women? What do you want, really? What exactly do you want? And if you're a godly man, do you really base your wants on your scriptures, on your faith? Or do you base it on what you watch on television. What do you base it on? Where does it come from? I'm taking calls, I'm taking voice notes and some text messages. Go to Meadowlands. Mudisa, good evening. You can mm. Well, thank you, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Mm. Thank you very much for being your show to be in your show. I hear you gentlemen are coaching and are talking about the attributes of the woman. Last week, I was impressed by the lady who gave her sight. Mm. But now, first let us ask, first before, let me, let me apologize that I'm a person who is visually impaired. So, no apology needed there, Modisa. Go ahead. I will, I will not be able to quote. Okay, that's fine. Scriptures, yes. Now, what if your, your, your topic says, what do the godly men expect uh, one from a woman? Mm. First, let us find out what is a godly man. Okay. Because first it starts from what what does God expect from his creation, the mm. first creation, the man. Mm. What does he, he gave him a duty, he gave him assignment. We spoke at length that this man even gave all the other creatures their names. When 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 the woman came, he found the man already in charge. Now God has made this woman to come and help the man. 
I hear people speak of equality. There is no, I don't hear of any equality assistance help in terms of equality or what. To me, those attributes are politicization of God's uh, 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 intentions. God is clear, did not put a man in charge, did not put a man ahead as a gender, because a man is cleverer than a woman, or a woman should be there to, to serve a man because she's more beautiful or what. Those attributes, you know, the first must be the godly attributes where we must all serve God. When the man leads a woman, she must lead a woman. The woman must help a man so that the man fulfills the requirements of God. So what, what are what are those requirements, Demodise? Pray God, praise God, and believe in God, and do whatever God requires from a man to do. All the time, the life of a human being, the life of a man, must be to praise God, mm. to do what God requires. Okay. Not to do what he, the man, wants. In other words, when you treat the when you lead a woman, you don't need a woman to do what you want him her to do. But to do you need a woman to help you do what God would want you to do for yeah. him. Yes, sir. God. Mm. That's what mm. I, I that is the basic that okay. I, I regard. All right. All, All right. the other things are politicizations of equality, what what not. That is not. That's so, why we go astray. Yeah, we so, want our own things. Yeah. And we require we, we regard attributes. I hear and that. that. I hear that, Modise. So I know and you've you've made it clear that you won't be able to quote, but I'm not expecting you to quote now. I'm expecting you just to refer me. Do, do you have a, a, a basis for it? The basis of what? Of what you're saying is supposed to be expected by a man. <laughs> like if I can't quote it, it's in the very genesis where when God created yeah. uh, do, the man. Yes, the basis is just there. That's why he said, you are alone, I can't have you alone. I'll, I'll give you a helper so that you must not be alone. Somebody would help me yeah. to carry my requirements. That's those are the things. It's, it's those requirements I was hoping you, you'd just point us to there, Mudise. We, 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 there, there are many of them. Those, such those as? Some of them, the I can't quote. No, no, don't quote the verses. Quote the incidents. We'll probably remember those incidents. Um, just quote the incidents you're referring to. The incident I'm, I'm, I'm referring to is that when, when, when God created Adam, he gave him the platform, he gave him the, the leadership so that in his own image, God said, Adam, do this and do that. And then he said, here is your helper. Yeah. Who will help you do this? As you already quoted that. So the reason why I'm asking this there, Modise, is that in all of the instructions that God gave, none of the instructions were to worship. Yes, none of the instructions is, were spiritual the, at all. All of the instructions that we see in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, they have absolutely nothing to do with worship. But God built a man, he built a human being, this gender differently. Yeah, yeah. Because he wanted to serve his own people's God. All right. He right. wanted to serve his own. That's why he built a man the way he built him, and he built a woman the way he built a woman. That is why, if you allow me, I would even say, when, when somebody calls you that marriage is the greatest institution in the world, to me, as a sequel, uh, as uh, uh, post uh, the, 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 the sin, post the first sin, man, uh, God then established marriage so that he continues with his creation in the body of the human being through the, the institution of marriage. Okay. That's why we, we sometimes said no sex before marriage.
because when you have sex, you are building the, your your insights. You go to be building a woman, a, 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 another human being. Okay. Therefore, it must be God. That is godly. Right. So that these these children that we bear are not our children. But they belong to God. They come to us. Thank All right. Thank you very much for this. Appreciate it. I'm going to take Mulukone. Skoro Muluko in Polokwane. Good evening, Muluko. Good evening, Naya. How are you? Well, thank you. Go ahead, Muluko. What's on your mind? Thank you, and good evening to the bishop and the other panelists there. Mm. Uh, according to me, oh, Paul, thank you. Let me even first start with the where Paul uh, quoted mm. in the in, uh, in the book of Genesis. We find that when the Creator created uh, us, we men, including a woman. Mm. Sounds the, like we men. Yeah. It sounds like actually men are feminine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, in the first covenant, or or let me put it like this, we've got a, a woman on her original state and even after the fall. In the beginning, a man and a woman, they were co-equal, which means their roles were equal where do you get what from, a man Muluku? could what a man could expect from a woman a woman also could equally expect that where do you get that from from Muluku? a man because they were co-equal and where man, do you get that co-equality from it is written in the book of genesis you're not going to find the word co-equal there so, so tell me what you then, are reading that's making you believe that okay let me maybe i'm paraphrasing it right. they were all called Adam. They were just a son and a daughter of God. There were no superiority or inferiority there. Yeah, what, no, I'm, what I'm trying to establish from you is where do you get it from that you're going to draw the conclusion that they are co-equal? How do you arrive yeah. at that conclusion? Their rule was the same. That's not true. Their rule both, was both of our guests have already made that abundantly clear that Eve was supposed to be a helper. Adam no, was no, never no, meant to be a no, helper. No. Listen to me and I. Okay. If that name is came after the fall, her original name is Adam. She was called Eve not by God, by Adam after the fall. Let us not mix the two dispensations. Muluku, that is not Hello? even my interest. My interest is where do you base your assumption or your conclusion that they are co equal? They were co-equal. After the Based fall, then a man became... No, it is written. It's just that I can't quote it for you. But if you can just All allow right. me to go forward, you'll understand All right. my anger. I want to remind After you again the there, uh, Moloko, that the reason why we're having these conversations, I have no problem with you bringing your opinions. If it's yeah. an opinion, label it as an opinion. But if it is a biblical sub suggestion, then point us to the biblical suggestion. So don't, right, don't, don't impose your opinions okay. on the text. If you it's in the text, you can find it. Tell us where to find it in the text. If it's not in the text, then come through. This is the platform for free expression. You can freely express yourself and say, this is my opinion. It's not a text. But if you're going to say it's a text, you have to back it up, sir. Okay. For now, let me take it to be my belief. Okay. Because uh, they were Adam, both of them. And there was no difference between the two. After the fall, then a man was now superior to the woman. And... Uh, that's when a man now is faced with those three institutions that the bishop uh, quoted. 
You've got the culture, because in the beginning there was no culture. Mm. You've got the legislature, constitution, and you've got the religious affiliation and so forth. That's why a man now is, you, you need to, when you choose, you, you, you cannot choose using the lens of the beginning. The covenant is completely different now. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Moloko. That is my contribution. Thank you. Appreciate your call, sir. Um, You can find this um, debate in the chapter two. That's where we see um, the explanation of the creation of man and woman in the Bible. Again, you will find there it is very clear. Paul made it very clear and the bishop made it very clear. Eve was meant to be a helper to Adam. Helper to Adam, not Adam helping Eve. Both of these guests said, I'm not quite sure where we are getting it from, that they were co-equal. I'm not quite sure if that translates to co-equality. Let's go to Durban. Musa Biela in Durban. Good evening, Musa. Yes, hello, hello. How are you? Well, thank you, sir. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Yeah, thanks a lot. You know, I think that this word co-equality is not there, but it's implied. All right. Where is it implied, Musa? Yes, in the first creation story of Genesis uh, 1, 26 through 28. Right, right, right. Verse 27 says, God created them one in God's image. Correct. Then it says, male and female Correct. created them. That's the right. following verse, God gave them a joint mandate That's to right. rule over creation. Right, right. No, no one among them was given a mandate to rule the other. Correct. Yeah. So that's where we, we think co-equality was God's purpose in creation. Yeah. So what you're overlooking there is how it is explained in chapter 2, that process of creating them male and female did not just happen in a vacuum Chapter 2 gives you a clear understanding as to how the female came about. So it would be very false for us to let the people of the Republic to believe that they were created simultaneously for there to be an Adam and an Eve. It was just both at the same time. That is not true. And the purpose for which they were created was not the same. Correct. They were both created on day six. But it is not correct to say that their purpose is the same. That is not true. You can find it in chapter yeah. 2. All of chapter 2 explains exactly the process, and that does not spell out co-equality. So you're really reading half the story when you go into chapter 1 alone, isn't it, Musa? And No, you see, the, the problem you have there uh, in your literalist interpretation is that you, you, you make as if Genesis 2 uh, is the canon in the canon, the one that we must build our case on, excluding every other scriptural evidence. At this point there, Musa, I'm suggesting to you that you must read it in its totality. Don't read only chapter Uh, 1. Read chapter 1 and 2. Yes, that's what the end 3 is where. There's no creation uh, in chapter 3. <laughs> there is no creation in chapter 3. You are preaching to be converted now. This is what I'm advocating. You see, Genesis, Genesis 2, yeah. uh, which is an, a, a story that was, created, was written years earlier than Genesis 1. In fact, there, uh, one of your panelists has just mentioned the word help, helper there, Ezra. 
is the same word used for God. It does not imply inferiority at all. At this stage, no one is talking about inferiority or superiority. We're simply talking about the concept of co-equality does not exist in chapter 1 or 2. And, and now, co-equality completely excludes inferiority for any of the two genders. There is no where you could base co-equality in the scriptures, though, Musa, unless you have a text no, you can share with us. The word is not there, but is implied. Where is it implied? I asked you to tell me where, because when you read the full story, you don't find that implication borne out by the text you suggested. And if you read it carefully, you see, why did God give mandate to rule to both yes. a man and a woman? Yeah. Yeah. God gave them an equal mandate to rule. <laughs> okay. And, and, and yeah. then the mandates to each other, was it equal as well? Was their mandate to each other equal as well? No, no one was given a mandate to rule the other. No, I'm not talking about rulership for now. Don't jump the gun. I'm talking about their mandate to each other. Was yeah. there was there co-equality in the mandate as well to each other? And that's what I'm saying. It is implied. You're not listening to the question there, Musa. We have we have a clear mandate for 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 Eve, and that mandate is to help Adam. Adam is not, not given that same mandate. He's deprived of that mandate. Is that equality in your view? Yes. Uh, but that is that help there is what we appeal to God for. That is God Moza, Moza, I need you to be yes. very, very, very clear about what I'm asking. I'm asking whether yes. was Adam given the same mandate as Eve, we know Eve was given a mandate to help. Whatever you want to define help as, was Eve yes. was Adam given the same mandate as Eve? Uh, yes, in that they complement each other. Okay, all right. Thank you very yes. much, Musa. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. Appreciate it, Musa. I'm going to take a break and come back. Go to the news, and then we'll give our guests opportunity to respond. Welcome back, and thank you very much for listening. You're listening to Facts of Faith. It was together until 9 o'clock at 6 minutes after 8. I'm going to take your voice notes for you. And I do understand, I do understand that um, the very idea of facts is still an elusive concept for uh, some of us. And it, it, for us to be able to realize, we need to have these uncomfortable conversations. And so please, 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 uh, it's not personal. Let's go to the voice notes, shall we? Go ahead, Phineas, play the voice notes. Ah, uh, Mr. Nye, no, I hear your speaker say in the beginning there was no culture. Mm. Now, I stand to differ because when you follow the story of Eden, one son was expelled. Mm. And when he came back, he came back having people, having children, all that. So those people, how were they living? So you cannot say in the beginning there was no culture. In Eden, there was no culture. Okay. Then if you say that, then I'll agree. But okay. not say in the beginning. Because Eden, there were people outside Eden. We've okay. got proof of that. Thank you. We are in Orange Farm. All right, Vianne, please share with us that proof. I suspect Vianne is referring to the people of Nod. And theologians to date have not placed what or where or whether Nod is a geographical place. So please... I'd love to hear your evidence. You said, Vianna, you have evidence. Please share that evidence. Play the next one, Leah Finias. Evening, Naya mm. um, and the bishops. 
I'm looking for a woman who is obedient, a woman who fears God more than anything. But more than that, I need a woman that God chose for me despite of every element that I've just mentioned. Because I might be charmed and attracted by these elements, but it's only God who knows who am I for. Thank you very much, Naya. This is Wanda from Cape Town. Thank you very much, Wanda. Uh, to both of my guests, I'm going to ask you to perhaps uh, talk about the issue of obedience. It's one of the swear words in marriage. I, 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 I can give personal up on you. I know there's a person Be- yeah, before, before we go, go to you, I want to take some more voice off the bishop. Go ahead, go ahead, Phineas. Hi, Mr. Naya. This is Daniel Joshua Chalden listening to you from my hospital bed in Amshanga and contributing to your topic this day. I agree with your guest there. They said two things that I agree with. A woman should cover the foolishness of a man. If you look at the uh, God in his wisdom, created woman from the rib of a man. The rib actually protects the delicate organs of the body to keep the man alive. So therefore, I believe she should protect the foolishness of man. And secondly, he talks about Bathsheba. The woman must close the door when they're bathing. Yeah. And I believe that's not just a bathing session only. The way they dress because man is aroused by sight and woman is aroused by touch. And therefore, if you dress inappropriately, you attract the man to you, you, you manipulate him to sin. You manipulate him to lust after you. When he lusts after you, he's com- committed sin already in his heart. So therefore, you got to prevent that from happening. So dress modestly. Thank you, and God bless you. Oh, Daniel. Oh, oh, Daniel. I think we must have more from the hospital. Yeah. It looks like they, 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 that's a beautiful They're color. healing there. Oh, he, there's healing there. Oh, Daniel, uh, get well soon, man. Get well soon. We appreciate your comments and your perspectives. I would have loved to engage you on the last part, but um, it's a voice note. So, um, But I appreciate, I appreciate the nub of what you're saying. Let's take the next one, Phineas. Good evening, good evening to you, Nayen, and your guest there, Mafuta here. Uh, Nayen, for me, I think a good woman is a woman that is explained in Proverbs 31, verse 10 to, to 12, I think. Uh, that, is, that, is, that is who is lovable and caring and, and, and has got no dent, in fact, I can put it that way. No but uh, for other people, beauty is in the, is in the eyes of the beholder, Naye, which I think is not important uh, because the physical attributes, Naye, goes away, the fades away. Uh, so I think a good woman is a woman that... That is beautiful in soul, in her soul, Naya. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Play the last one there, Phineas. Chief Zulu here. Yes, Chief. Of Amatlubi National Movement. From the kingdom of Amatlubi in the Western Cape. Okay, Bunga. Um, Our expectations, or let me rather say my expectations from a woman of God is um, deeply established in the faith. Um well knowledgeable um, in the word spirit filled humble kind and beautiful thank you very much sir good right. night thank you very much your highness thank you very much i want to read what um uh, uh, mafuta 
said is his ideal woman. Proverbs 31, verse 10, 11, and 12, he says, An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts her in her, and we, he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm. It's nice and general there. Thank you very much, Mafuta. That's what Mafuta is talking about. Um, Romano, Romano. Am I reading that correctly? Romano. Romano yes. in Limpopo. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Well, thank you, sir. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Um, firstly, I want to say, let me, let me say I want to become professional. Okay. I don't believe in, in the story in chapter two. Okay. Because all along, God is creating by word. Yeah. He gives instruction by word. All of a sudden, he performs the first mm. operation. I believe this operation was created by man. I, I, I've been grappling with, the, with this story for a very long time. So you have, you're okay with chapter one, but not with chapter two? Yes, because okay. as far as I'm concerned, um, creation ended in, in chapter one. Okay. It was complete. There was okay. no way of boredom for Adam. Because as far as I'm concerned, it has always been there. Okay. All right. Now, the... when I consulted some scholars, yeah. they say if you go into where translation came from, they say they can trace that the language used in chapter 2 mm. is about 200 years uh, later than chapter 1. Mm. I suspect men started interfering with the word of God. So which scholars are you referring to? Do you have names perhaps we can read uh, up on their theses and their papers? I can give you privately. I don't want to embarrass them on air. All right. I wanna, um, let me tell you why I'm, I'm saying that, Romano. Um, uh, uh, conventional scholarship, and when I'm saying conventional scholarship, I'm referring to the seminaries that have contributed to what we now know to be the greater theology of Christian Dome. They believe that chapter 2 came first not later well, well, so it would be it would be interesting to find out what your scholars are saying so i, I have no problem share with them share them with me but then again um they must be willing to come here if they're still alive let's accept it for what it is right which is what whatever on your side or my side right well, I, I don't have a side. I've, I'm, I'm not a scholar there. I'm not even a Bible writer. I'm not even, I have no side. So I'm, I'm interested to hear all sides. I'm saying let's accept that there's this discrepancy. Then let me go with what I want to say. All right. Right. When I was young, I used to, 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 to be in theological discussions which were interdenominational. I need you to be as, as brief as you can. My, my guests have been uh, waiting there. I had a problem. I know people who, who are worshippers, women, right? Who will pray for, for a husband. Now I've got one question. What do they see first? Is it the faith first? Or is God instruction? Because when I see a woman I, I've got a picture of a woman that I love in my head. And that's what I will 
I will, I will, I will propose. Okay. Now my question is, what is more important? What, what, what inspires human beings? Is it praying or is it eyes? Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Ramon. Thank you very much. That's Ramon was very honest there, according to him. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. 15 minutes now after 8. I want to go back to my guests. I want to begin. Oh, Bishop, you wanted to jump in first and then I'll go to um, um, Paul. I'll just throw in some, some uh, curveball here Okay. on what must men expect. Okay. Men must expect nothing okay. from women, actually. According to Ecclesiastes 6, chapter 7, verse 28, I was searching. I found a thousand men. And amongst the thousand men, I found one good man. But amongst the women, I found none who was upright. Now, that's not me. That's, that's the text. So if for a man to say they're expecting a good thing from a woman, according to the text, Solomon himself says, I could not even find one. But having said that... Before you, before you go on, that, that somewhat contradicts what you said at the beginning there. But you, just said, said, you said that one, two, three, four, and now you're saying I shouldn't expect one, two, three, or four? I'm saying... Remember, we are dealing with two complex issues here. Yeah. The the Garden of Eden or the first marriages, which people seem to fantasize about, chapter one and chapter two. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, put it in your head. We were chased away from the garden by the beginning of the third chapter. Mm. We're out of the garden. So the whole concept of marriage, even in the garden itself, people mm. failed. The marriage collapsed not outside of the garden. Yeah. Marriage collapsed in the garden. So to fantasize about the euphoria and the beauty of Adam and Eve, born of my yeah, bone. You came, you came up with that, uh, Bishop. You yeah, came, yeah. Now you're, you, you built it up, now you're tearing it down by yourself now. There's a time to build, there's a time to teach. <laughs> but that's <laughs> contradicting yourself, Bishop. So I, I, I have fun. Why? Because people run around the text okay. as, 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 if, as if we must only... No, this is true. People, okay. When people are, are, are doing an academic exercise, yeah. we don't always have just to become, you know, selective yeah. in our reading. Yeah. To, to such an extent that if Solomon had an, had an experience of this nature and mm. he places it on text, right. if you want it to be textual, yes. we also need to balance it on sure. this one. So that yeah. maybe in as much as we have all these expectations, mm. I like what the other gentleman said mm. uh, from Cape Town. Mm. Maybe we cannot expect that which we don't have. Yeah. If you want respect, then, then have respect. Okay. So, so expect nothing. Okay. So, so and, and while we're on that, I also mm. want to address the, 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 the polyandrous uh, behavior of women in the same no, note. That you, a woman, I, I'm responding to the guy who says, I want a woman who fears God more than anything else. Uh, uh. <laughs> Trouble right there. Because you're giving your, your wife three husbands. She, she must fear God, number one. She must uh, work, fear, respect, sub, subject herself to the pastor, number two. And she must now work with you as a husband. So basically, all these are three male figures that are in a woman's life. And these God-fearing women you are talking about, how does a modern man now begin to share his wife with his pastor and with his God? Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, uh, Paul, you, you can respond to the... <laughs> you're listening. <laughs> well, 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 I think the bishop is very generous with words there, and he's always been one very dexterous in yeah. language. Um, but to a woman, I'm going to begin by saying, honestly, must fear God. There is a woman who fears God, is anchored in God, mm. and then is partnered with me, and I'm also anchored in God. Mm. So both of us are anchored in God and then partnered. And what is this partnership about? Again, I go back to saying it's a partnership for purpose. Mm. Remember, we come from God. Yeah. We're going to go back to God. Yeah. We are on a journey. We are sojourners. Yeah. And 
at the end of this journey, the, the, the marriage is then nullified again. When we go back that side, we are spirit beings no longer giving to marriage or marrying yeah. for that matter. Yeah. So this marriage is transient. It's for this journey, and we partner for purpose. Number yeah. two, uh, and, and, and I don't want to make it a very long story, with your permission, Nai, allow me to refer. On YouTube, there is an interview that we were invited for with my late wife. It was by Mo and and my wife explains um, God's intervention in helping us come together. So God does intervene in relationships, and it does intervene in helping people to find the right partner for them. Thirdly, there's then the other area. Where sorry, 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 Paul. The, the second yes. point you just made. What, what, what were? You, what are you responding to there? What are you addressing there? Uh, the, the, the one of the callers yeah. spoke about he wants God to show him. Uh, who is the partner. Okay. And I'm saying, indeed, I concur with that. It is possible. I have seen it in my own life, okay. and we have shared that testimony. Okay. I'm saying we do not have time, but I'm referring to a repository where that testimony can be found okay. in greater detail. All right. yes. You had a third point. And Go ahead. The third point that I'm coming to is that one of the critical areas, uh, again covered in Proverbs 31, is that one that says she is the crown on the head of her husband. Right, right. So, and, and because of her, they, you know, the man is looked at. Allow me, I, I had the privilege to sit as advisor to the late Inkos Meniz Wethamin of Entangwin and uh, sat with his indunas. And one of the indunas, uh, used to say to me, and one of the things he said to me was, Now, this is a man coming from a traditional perspective and he's saying, even when you marry, you must still remember the purpose is to build a home. And therefore, you must find a wife with whom you can build a home. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, Paul. I just need to just clarify that uh, for for some, just briefly. So um, what Paul is talking about is what he was uh, advised by a senior elder where he comes from, who suggested to him or advised him that you must differentiate between your pride and a wife. A wife is one who builds your family and a pride or as he puts it, is the one that is going to please you, implying that perhaps you must find somebody who's going to build a home as opposed to somebody who's going to please you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. Yes, thank you. So, so, so then the point there again was there was from an Isindu perspective an emphasis on purpose. So there must be purpose to the communion. It can't just be a flimsy thing of this is what pleases my senses. Now, the Proverbs 31 women, when they say she's the crown on the head of her husband, you can therefore imagine that the emphasis that we have on conduct, loyalty, fidelity, yeah. comes from the fact that she is the crown on my head. That's right. So when the crown on my head is, so to speak, interfered with, it is not just that there's been a physical intimacy and whatever other implement, mm. uh, implications that comes with. Mm. It is also my dignity yeah. that has been interfered right, with. Right. So it is critically important that she should be a faithful person. Yeah. I have the same obligation, but I'm just amplifying that her faithfulness tempers uh, the very dignity 
of her husband. You know, um, oh, 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 I forgot who. One of the callers said um, um, uh, the, the idea of, and Bishop just reiterated that point now, that you must do what you expect, expect what you are able to give. Um, if if yeah. we're saying um, she must be temperate, she must be faithful, um, does that mean you are also faithful? Yes, I have the same obligation. Yeah. Okay. All right. I must. I must be faithful. Okay. I mean, adultery is not a, a, a adultery is a gender neutral uh, expression. No, no. But m- according to the Bible, women commit adultery, not men. Okay. But while you're, while I you're, have a duty to be faithful, you know. Yeah. So my my curiosity there was not necessarily on on adultery; it was on polygamy and uh, concubinage. All of those speak to plurality. That is, is that still faithfulness to your wife? If you're going to have another one and another one and another one and a concubine, another concubine, as Solomon and David and many other men in the Bible did. If I were to have a polygamous uh, marriage, which yeah. I will not, I cannot handle one wife, yeah. uh, let alone two, three. But if I were, yeah. I would do so because I'm Zulu. Yeah. And in Zulu culture, I would have had to tell her before we got into the marriage, a first wife. Yeah. I would have had to tell her, listen, later down the line, you can expect me to find another wife. Okay, so in, in your view, polygamy does not translate to unfaithfulness to the first one. It, it, it must be conducted such that one, when she comes into the marriage, she must know that this is what she's buying into. But number two, in the manner that proper polygamy is conducted, okay. there is absolute transparency. Got it, got that it. is why even when it is executed, there is a set number of days that the man spends with that wife and everyone knows he is there and he cannot mix the days. And then the next set of days he is there. Polygamy is one of the most transparent systems of governance if it is done properly. There's no cheating in polygamy okay. if right. it is done properly. All right. All right. I would like to throw in a curveball. Maybe I, I move between, between right. sense and, and nonsense <laughs> and mischief. <laughs> Uh, if you pick up, and I, and I wish for for those who believe in the Bible, yeah, I, I actually I wrote a paper. I will share it with you. Uh, Madame was going to publish it, but okay. she got she got a bit she chickened out because I think it challenged some of her views. And, and I know she's oh, listening. Because yeah, must come and share a, a document entitled Eight in One." Oh, David had eight wives in total right. that are recorded you mm-hmm. can find this in yes, samuel yes, yes. etc and if you if you have an extra moment mm-hmm. go and look at the etymology of each one of those names okay you'll be able to see the qualities of each woman mm. and how those women actually managed to service david right. in his in his royalty in his right. duties michal right. for example right. a royal child that mm. is saul's daughter mm. when it ca- came to issues of royal engagements you need a wife that can rock up. You can go with to royal spaces and she will carry herself, not like a street girl, but will carry herself with the royalty and the dignity that it deserves. This is the very same Michal that was sold sold to another man. She, no, yeah, but she, she fitted into the royal thing. You pick up Bathsheba, the woman of the promise, for example, and what she delivers. Where the children. Just before we go to Bathsheba, Michal is the very same wife that thought David was not good enough. Yes. But she was, the same because he was revealing himself in his dance. His happy mode, remember according who, to her, was royal enough. But only when you understand her and what where she's coming from. Yeah, kings don't behave like that. Yeah, 
where so, she is coming from. So she she was there to punctuate her husband yeah. and put her and keep her within the royal framework okay. as such. Okay. By the time you come to Bathsheba, it's another story. You come yeah. to Abigail, a, a woman whom during tribulations and trial, a woman who can just be there. To I was hoping you can explain more. What, what, what do we learn from Bathsheba? <laughs> but, but Bathsheba is, is your life of your mischief. There are the women that you are basically attracted to the women of temptation the stolen wife i'm saying your woman must be tempting to you also and by the time you get girls like yeah. chagith yeah they were, they were they were dancers yeah belly belly dancers whom david in some times just want to get away from business and you want to dance and play the other one i think Ahionam, the bible calls it the jew in the morning yeah. he did not, not need to do lots of uh, pre you know all this pre thing before before con conjugal rights she, she, she had the jew she had the witness and etc so when you look into when you look into these eight women my, my advice is that as women out there and as men out there you need to study these characters yeah. so that you, a woman does not become I'm only me yeah, she must be all of those. Yes, uh, and and we have women like that. Yeah, and she stands there, and we as men begin to tiptoe around it. Right. Hold the thought. I want to give both of you one minute to give concluding remarks. So I'm going to begin with you, Paul. One minute. I want to. Oh, that, that sound means my time is up. Go ahead. Give one minute, Paul. A man was created for purpose. He was given a helper and Ezra, the God type of help, a superior type of help for him to be able to serve what God meant for him to serve on earth. Oh, lovely. That was even less than a minute. Thank you very much, Bishop. One minute. Go the ahead. woman that you sleep with is your mother because she gives birth to you. She can duplicate you. Okay. Therefore, women are not just women. What you expect from your wife is what you must expect from your own mother. Because when you look at your woman, that one, can reproduce exactly what you are. And women out there, start producing alpha, get yourself involved with alpha male men so that you don't reduce the quality of the DNA of the humankind that we have. But yes, for men, remember, your wife is your mother. She will birth you. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's how we end our conversation with our guests. Remember, I promised that we'd have the male version. This today was a male version. The other week, we had the female version of the same conversation, trying to understand what is to be expected. Bishop Joshua Ponga, thank you. Appreciate your time. Also, Paul Nzimande, thank you. Appreciate your time, sir. It's 30 minutes now after 8. It's time for us now to move on to our next conversation.